Hi, I'm David Kelly. I'm president and CEO of Chicana Copper. Chicana is advancing an emerging copper gold silver discovery that was made in 2017. We put out an initial resource just on a very small part of the project last year. It's a high grade uh, resource uh, starting at surface. We're located in an active mining district and we're moving that, uh, that resource uh, forward with internal studies. While at the same time, we're just in the last stages of getting an exploration permit that opens up the central and southern part of the deposit. Um, today, we've only drilled on the northern one-third of the project, so we have a tremendous large area uh, to continue our exploration, uh, but at the same time, we'll be advancing our knowledge and studies of this uh, high-grade resource. David, thank you for the introduction. Good to be speaking to you again. Um, we did speak quite recently, and we, we spoke about the, the upcoming drilling program and perhaps we can touch on that later, but before we get into the technicals of what Chikana is doing actually on the ground, uh, please could you give me a quick update on your week last week at the PDCA, um, PDAC conference, PDAC? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a really uh, interesting um, conference for me. You know, I've been to I've been going there for, I think it's going on 28 or 29 years. So I've seen it go from the small, you know, PDAC back uh, in the 90s uh, until the mega mega years. I mean, I think one year, I think we broke 30,000 people. This year, it was just under 24,000 people. Uh, the first thing that impressed me when I walked into the investors exchange was just, it was full. Uh, the companies are back, uh, junior, uh, mid-tiers, the majors were, were, were all there. And uh, we had a great uh, location in the investors exchange. We were right beside Wheaton uh, Precious Metals and uh, just down from Vale. So we had good, steady traffic the whole time. Uh, but what I thought was really interesting, and I don't know if you observed this, Merlin, but uh, there was a there was a lack of the retail investors. Uh, in, in years past, Sunday's almost always really busy with the retail investors. They come into downtown Toronto because they can come to uh, to the show and miss the rush hour traffic. You usually see a strong institutional uh, turnout on Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, we did see that. There was a lot of institutional uh, uh, interest in, in, in people on the floor, but I thought it was uh, conspicuous that a lot of the retail investors were not there this year. Uh, yeah, no, I certainly saw that. Uh, very, very low retail investor traffic. I felt that there was quite a large amount of uh, industry traffic. I felt that there were, I had lots of conversations with the larger corporates uh, who were either copper companies looking for the next generation of copper assets or gold companies looking for copper gold assets. Uh, I, um, it, did you experience the same, same thing with kind of lots of industry comment yeah there was a lot of uh a lot of interaction between uh, us and, and industry uh you know mid mid-tier and, and uh major mining companies uh also um hedge funds uh royalty companies uh good steady um you know uh traffic with with regard to that i mean we did have a really spectacular core display set up even though we weren't in the in the core shack uh, we set our booth up as if we were in the core shack and and uh, many people noted that they they thought we had some of the best looking drill core in the in the entire show, which is a real compliment. Um, but there was particular interest in the copper part. There's very strong interest right now in copper uh, uh, companies. And and the one thing that I've noticed is that um, 
uh, at the show was more interested, seemed, than the exploration upside and potential in our targets, which are, you know, we've done all the work. We've defined, you know, the giant mega gold target that sits in the central part of the project. We think that's the intrusion source to the breccia pipes. Um, and then at a higher elevation further to the south is the the La Jolla high sulfidation epithermal environment. Again, uh, historic drilling in that area with some very strong results. Uh, in addition to multiple other high-grade tourmaline breccia pipes. So we've got the targets, but what people wanted to talk about this year was, okay, you've got a copper resource. Copper's a, a, a hot topic right now. It's high-grade. It's in an active mining district. It's in the Ancash province of Peru. It's a great place for mining. So a lot of our conversations and interest uh, centered around the fact that we've got this high-grade resource, which does have gold, does have silver, but it also uh, shines in its copper co content. It's it's interesting, isn't it? I'm mean, like I I I've really noticed that dislocation between the appetite for the for the energy transition, the electrification metals like copper, and there's a whole bunch of other ones I could name. Um, so the the demand drivers are visible. They're out there. They're long term. They're large scale. Um, and yet there's so little love for junior resources. And and it's the junior. Uh, explorers that are nimble, that are able to uh, operate in these kinds of environments, and yet there's the valuation is so low. I mean, I, I look at your market capitalization, and it, it, it's 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 tough when you see what this kind of the, 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 it it doesn't quite connect up. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I you know I think there's just a lot of fear in the markets. Uh, you know, we saw last week two U.S. banks failed, one crypto bank and and, and the Silicon Valley uh, bank, which, you know, is, is specializes in uh, startup tech firms. And, um, you know, that that's a very significant event. So this fear that I've been kind of seeing in the market uh, with, you know, people not trained, low volumes, uh, depressed uh, share prices, undervalued. Uh, companies, even companies with with uh, you know attractive resources, I think a lot of that's just the, the fear, and then that fear is starting to uh, be borne out in in what we're seeing with the uh, you know the collapsing of two banks and what kind of ripple effect that potentially could have. So you know the encouraging thing for me, Merlin, in all of this is that the smart investor has pulled back. They pulled out. They're waiting to see what's, uh, you know, what's going to happen with the economy. Are we going to go into a full recession? But it also tells me that there's a lot of people keeping their powder dry. So when this does take off, there will be people that will come in and it will move very quickly, just like we saw, you know, with the rebound of the global financial crisis in, you know, 2009, 2010. It can take off very, very quickly. So. Uh, we've seen the gold price uh, spike up in the last few days just uh, on the recognition that, yeah, you know, banks can fail uh, if you if you want to hold uh, commodities, uh, physical commodities. You know, that's a that's a great, um, you know, hedge against inflation. So I think a lot of these things that people have been preaching are going to come to fruition here in the next 12 months. Yeah. And there's no there's no uh, in, um, way of second guessing the timing. And suddenly they just kind of they just re-rate. So you've kind of got to pick the quality companies, the quality assets and uh, and get in them and, and be prepared to uh, hold it for a while and then benefit from the re-rate when it does come. Um, one thing that is very specific to Chicana and not just Chicana, but um, any other company operating in Peru is that it is in Peru. Um, uh, did you go to any jurisdiction-related events last week? 
Yeah, and that was one of my major uh, objectives of, of, of attending PDAC. I really wanted to see this new cabinet. We've talked about that. I've been very impressed with uh, the, the, the cabinet that's been uh, put in place since uh, Castillo was uh, impeached. And, uh, you know, on paper, they look very impressive. The Minister of Energy and Mines has 39 years of oil and gas experience. The, the vice minister of mining has a long history in the natural resources space. Um, the, the new prime minister, um, you know, I've heard good things about him, but I went to two events. I went to the CEO luncheon, which was an invitation uh, event for all uh, CEOs of, of mining companies and related industry uh, services companies that are operating in Peru. And that was a big event where the prime minister and the minister of economy spoke and then we organized a separate meeting specifically with the Minister of Energy and Mine, Mining and the uh, Vice Minister of, uh, sorry, the new Minister of Energy and Mines and the Vice Minister of Mining. And so those two events, uh, you know, I walked away from that with a very uh, new and updated and refreshed uh, perspective on what's happening in Peru. Did anybody have the, the balls to talk about um, how long it takes to get an exploration permit? Yeah, there were there was there was a lot of that, and I, I'll start by just uh, summarizing the CEO luncheon. Um, so uh, the new Prime Minister Otavrola is his name uh, spoke, and uh, it was very refreshing. Uh, he, you know, I was worried that they were going to come to PDAC, you know, twenty five thousand attendees, um, and kind of sweep a lot of the problems under the rug, but they didn't do that. They addressed head on the you know the issues related to the protest they've got three uh specific programs uh targeted to um you know to ramp up a foreign investment in mining uh they they uh direct directly acknowledge the contribution that mining makes to their economy and how important it is it's something like 60 60 percent of the exports uh come from mining um, so it was very refreshing that they understand that there are a lot of problems, including delays in permitting, um, including, you know, security issues at mine sites, uh, the perception of foreign investment in Peru. And, and they're very motivated to address those issues. Um, and that was really hammered home by the Minister of, of Economy when he spoke. So, uh, you know, that was the first event. And I walked away from that very encouraged. Um, and and the, 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 the second event... Um... Uh, remind me what, what was discussed in that one. Yes. So the second event came about when I had some uh, some some of our investors express frustration to me about the fact that they put a lot of money into Chicana and yet it's taken two and a half years to get this permit. And I, you know, I I I fully empathize with their frustration. I mean, I live that every day. And one of the investors, a guy named Byron King, and you guys have interviewed Byron before. He's a well-known. Uh, uh, newsletter writer and influencer in the industry. And Byron was telling me, you know, I would love to have the opportunity to speak with the minister. If you could just line up a meeting for us, let's go in there and tell them, you know, how frustrating it is to bring in a lot of investors into Peru and then turn around and have to sit around and wait. And so I, I took that idea and I ran with it. And it became clear with the ministry that they uh, they weren't going to just grant a one-off meeting to one company. If it was if it was a dealing with broader issues, they'd be happy to sit down with this. And so I sent out an invite. We ended up having 20 people um, uh, respond that they wanted to attend. We had um, royalty companies. We had investment banks. We had um, private equity firms. Uh, 
we had a whole cross section of the finance and investment industry, plus all the you know large, medium, small mining companies uh, uh, show up at the meeting. And then we get there, and they would only let five of us into the room, which was really interesting. They didn't they wanted to have a meeting, but they did not want to have a meeting with the big with the big crowd. So we had fifteen people outside. Five of us went inside. We had investment bank. Um, we had um, uh, hedge fund. We had a private equity firm and a royalty company. And we went in there. We all introduced ourselves. And, and basically, the message we gave the minister was that we're here to help. Okay, we're not we're not here to just uh, bitch and complain. You know, we we're in the trenches. We're the ones that are putting money into Peru and try to advance projects. And we there are so many different ways we could help the mining industry in Peru by providing feedback on where the bottlenecks are, how things could be streamlined, how things could be made more efficient, you know. And and they they were genuinely appreciative of the fact that we weren't there to just complain to them. We were there to offer help. Uh and and, and so what we propose is a is a quarterly round table where we bring this cross section of industry people to the ministry. We have uh, topics and agenda, and one will certainly be permitting and and uh, and and how to make that process more efficient. When is it appropriate to have consult the previa on an exploration project? Why do we have to do reclamation work in the middle of an active exploration program? Just a, a myriad of things like that that make the uh, working in Peru uh, less efficient. And so that's our goal is to is to walk away from that with this uh, with this roundtable that's set up with the the, the, the good intentions are try to provide feedback to help them do their job better. Do, do you think that that's a, a, do you think there's possibility for change there? Um, just because I've, I've, I've experienced it. I mean, in Ecuador as well, there's been talking about opening the cadastro for years and, and they, and they, they, you go to a meeting and they say, yes, we're going to, we're going to work on this, we're going to work on this. And then the implementation is, uh, not quite the, the same as the uh, as the ambition, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, well, I I have that same concern, Merlin, and and uh, I I had so many people and people that attended the meeting with us uh, say, you know, I've been to so many of these meetings with the minister, and it's always touchy feeling. Everybody shakes hands and walks away feeling good, and then nothing happens. And I and so that part of our reason there is is to set up this roundtable. Is the roundtable the industry group will survive the administrations, right? Part of the apathy in making change in a lot of these countries is the fact that the administrations turn over so quickly, especially in Peru. I mean, we're talking to a minister that, you know, potentially may not be there in a year and a half or two years, right, At the after the next election. So what incentive does he have to make change if he knows that his time there is limited? And so, our strategy to combat that is to have this roundtable that continues right through into a new administration, and, and we meet quarterly. And if somebody new shows up, we say, "Look, we've already we've already had six meetings. We've had we've covered all of these topics. Here are the min minutes and documentation of all of those meetings. This is the progress we've made. These are the issues we still need help with." And and so we're going to try to show stamina and perseverance and endurance. Uh, in a way that they can't ignore it. And if they are new and want to learn about what we've done and what the challenges are, great. They can jump in and try to do something positive. Um, and, and that's, but that is an issue that we're going to have to deal with. 
And is this is this kind of um, an adjunct to a, a chamber of minds? Um, is is this kind of this new initiative? Is this going to work with the existing chamber of minds? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we're going to be open to um, to any and all groups. Uh, you know, certainly there's a lot of Australian companies working in Peru. We want uh, to support their uh, commerce uh, 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 group that that is active in Peru, and of course, the Canadian uh, Chamber of Commerce is very active in in Peru. So, uh, you know, we we think the 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 more we can make this open and inclusive, uh, the better it's going to be received. It, this isn't just about Dave Kelly and Chicana Copper complaining that it took two and a half years to to get our permit, and and you know, I you know, but, but we see so many other companies have experienced similar things, and there's so many. There, there's a lot of things, Merlin, that can be improved without drastic changes. They don't need to rewrite the mining law to make efficient changes. And I'll, I'll give you a, an example. When we got our uh, environmental approval on December 27th, you know, I opened the document. It was 300 pages, 300, 300 page PDF resolution. And it was dated December 15th. And I, th- I thought, well, why am I just now getting this if it was if if the date is December fifteenth, if we got to December fifteenth, we could have had an interview. We could have, uh, you know, put some news out on it. Instead, we get it right at the end of December. Well, the first ninety four pages were individually signed manually by fourteen different people, and I'm sure it took almost two weeks for that document to move its way around Lima while somebody had it on their desk and they signed the first ninety four pages. And then it went to the next person, right? And so it's it's those kind of things that just really frustrate you when when you you've got a good mining law and a really good environmental regulatory uh, uh, code uh, to, to to follow in the mining industry. Yet the way it's being implemented is is in a way that just doesn't uh, promote efficiency and and uh, expediency. Luckily, you've got the permit, and you're going to be drilling. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the plan is to... Yeah, we we got the environmental approval. We're just in the final stages of initiation of activities. We've been told that our private land uh, permit, which is covers the mega gold target and the La Jolla system and several other retro pipes, um, uh, will not involve Consulta Previa. There is a part to the west uh, that has a very attractive Compañero retro pipes that are very high-grade gold right at surface, copper oxide standing... Those likely will have to go through Consulta Previa, but as long as we can get this private land uh, uh, permitted, uh, initiative activities approved, you know, we're hoping that we could be drilling in May, and and that would be a really exciting time for us. We've generally done very well with uh, with uh, new discovery and exploration drilling. We're into the meat of the of the mineral system now. We we think we know where this intrusion driving the whole thing is sitting. Uh, and we've got multiple lines of evidence for that. We've done all the targeting work and exploration. It's ready to drill. So this is a really exciting time for us and our shareholders. And um, I was talking to someone uh, at PDAC who was who introduced me to uh, a Peruvian geologist who worked with Bob Lowell, um, but David Lowell, David Lowell. Um, I'm mixing up my Bob Gilberts, my David Lowells. Um, 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 uh, a Peruvian geologist who worked with um, David Lal and uh, Mega Gold is one of the, the, their anomalies, isn't it? It's kind of a historic um, prospect. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, David Lowell originally staked uh, the the land on the south side of the valley uh, before uh, 
uh, Purina was discovered. It was part of his prospect um, uh, exploration, prospecting exploration up and down the Cordillera Negra. And he liked that area. He staked it. He liked, um, you know, all up and down the, the Cordillera Negra. And then that company became part of uh, uh, Purina. When, once the Purina discovery was made, all eyes were on that. But those claims were held. And as you know, Barrick originally eventually acquired Purina, and they got the entire David Lowell land package at the time. And these claims are still part of that original uh, staking by David Lowell back in the day. And, and, and Barrick has held on to those. And so uh, it's it's yeah, it's very exciting. And I I I know another very uh, successful geologist that worked in Peru, Canadian geologist that. Uh, said that one of his uh, one of his regrets in Peru is that he was never able to find the source of one of the strongest black anomalies that he had ever collected in all of Peru, and it was the drainage that that we're in right there. And um, and I I showed this to him. I showed our mega gold target to him, and I said, I think we found the source of your black anomaly. Two of the drainages that come out of that side of the mountain have uh, one has. Um, 33 pristine gold grains and another has 22 and 19 in two separate samples so there's there's gold literally shedding off of that mountain on the south side we have this huge uh, soil anomaly which is about two and a half by by a kilometer uh, in area and then within that of course we've got the geophysical anomalies that that we think is where the the main sulfide source is is accumulating uh, uh, is a source of that of the of those anomalies, and this is why we love exploration because you've got that chance to create real value with the drill bit, following good science. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got the high grade uh, turbine breccia pipe uh, demonstrated. Uh, that's going to continue to grow. The pipes are open at depth. We have multiple other pipes to drill that are mineralized sitting at surface. So that that part of the story is going to have its own life, and it's going to add value with additional work. Now we're swinging for the fence. We're going for the large tonnage, uh, you know, disseminated copper gold uh, target that sits in the middle of the of the project. We're going to get up onto this high sulfidation area that was drilled by Buenaventura back in the 80s with some very, very high silver grades and uh, and some gold. We don't think that system was drilled deep enough. It's a very shallow drilling. Uh, so we've got some very exciting large t tonnage targets to test as well as you know continuing to advance the high grade story david good luck thank you very much for your time today and i look forward to the next update perhaps when you've started drilling thank you very much merlin appreciate your time